You are listening to Mindful Performance, the show dedicated to building the brand of you. Your host is Teresa Rose, thought leader to the C-suite and author of Mindful Performance, How to Powerfully Impact Profitability, Productivity, and Purpose. Tune in every week to discover the lessons on what top leaders do to deliver their best performances at work, at home, and all day long. And now here's Teresa with your next Mindful Performance. Hello there, everyone. This is Teresa Rose, and welcome to Mindful Performance, the podcast dedicated to learning all about how we can deliver our best performances at work, at home, and all day long. My guest today is Lisa L. Levy. She is the founder and CEO of L Cubed Consulting, a business that helps enterprise to medium level organizations elevate through strategic goal achievement. She and her team teach the practice of rapid adaptive transformation to notable global multi-billion dollar clients. She is the number one best-selling author of Future Proofing Cubed. Lisa is a frequent guest expert on multiple media outlets and speaker at business executive conferences. On her rare days off, Lisa enjoys spending time at her home in Arizona with her family and hound dogs, Danny and Ottoman, who I hear in the background, which is delightful. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Teresa. Yes. They're protecting me from Amazon deliveries. Of course. You and I had just said right before we got on the call that uh, that it's an interesting thing to be doing our work now here at home and, and all of the different nuances, shall we say, of our new reality here. Yes, yes, we are all facing our very human reality, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are. We are. Absolutely, we are. I feel you. I was just saying that the garbage guy just drove by, so thankfully he's not in, in this. But welcome to Mindful Performance. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having all of us join you today. <laughs> exactly. So you and I uh, have, have been connected through C-Suite Network in the Thought Council, and you are just one of my favorite people because you show up so, uh, so authentically, so real. And that was the first thing when you and I met uh, uh, way back when, uh, just a few months ago, but it feels like forever ago, you, we hit it off right away. And I just love how you show up uh, as, as uh, real as possible. And that's really, a, I think, a, a massive part about performance. Uh, you bring that human side of yourself to your clients. You share with them what keeps you up at night as you encourage them to do the same. So tell me a little bit more about why that's a benefit to show up human. Well, because we are, and we have barking dogs, and we have children, and we have you know things that happen in our worlds that are beyond our control. And coming up in my professional career, we sort of were coached and taught to you know work is work, home is home, never the two shall meet, and you know that professional mask that we had to wear of perfection all the time. And that is so draining and taxing on you know, us as individuals, but it really bleeds out into the groups and the teams around us when you can't say, I didn't sleep last night because I, my mind was racing with, we have these 10 things that we're trying to accomplish and I don't know how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. But you show up and you say, all right, we are going to do this. This is the goal. This is, you know, this is 
our focus go. You know, when we discredit what brings us and where we are in that moment, we don't do our best work. And when we can say, yeah, you know, I'm stressing out about this and talk about the source of the stress, we can identify a problem and we can solve for it. And we can move that barrier out of the way so that we can get the results we're actually looking for. So prior to COVID, um, you know, I started talking more authentically, I guess, or just frankly about what's going on. And it resonates because I'm not the only one who wakes up at two o'clock in the morning with 10 things racing through my head. We all do it mm-hmm. in different ways. We all have those moments. And if we just sort of acknowledge that they're happening, you know, we can move past them rather than getting stuck in the quagmire of ick. <laughs> Stuck in the quagmire of ick. Ooh, that's juicy. I love that. I'm I'm a wordsmith, so when you know those kinds of turns of phrase really uh, trip my trigger. Uh, so your book in particular, uh, Future Proofing Cubed, it, it it had a kind of a uh, an interesting synchronicity with what was happening in the world. You know, you and I met before all of it happened, just weeks before everything shut down, and you were all excited. We went. To, you went to New York City and did a bestseller TV episode on, on C-Suite TV, and, and then everything went crazy. Kaboom. Kaboom. So, and then that actually, in, in a kind of strange twist of fate, was something that actually elevated and helped uh, accelerate the success of your book. Why is your book so relevant right now? The Future Proofing Cubed is relevant right now because we are all facing with our businesses, how do we keep going forward? The rules of operation and what we do and how we do it changed on a dime and none of us wanted it. We weren't looking for it, right? We were disrupted Mm -hmm. and had no control over it. And so Future Proofing Cubed and our adaptive transformation framework are capabilities that every business needs to be able to adapt to changing circumstances, whether we're the ones who want the circumstances to change or they've, it's situations beyond our control. So it really did seem to hit a note during the pandemic that resonated for leaders because we all just sort of got smacked in the face with, you know, what do we do and how do we keep the lights on for our business but that also means how do we keep the lights on for our employees and our customers? How do we keep it all operating effectively? Mm-hmm. So yes, it launched strong and it was, I'll use your phrase, that you know, a strange twist of fate mm-hmm. that you know, I would never want to recreate the circumstances, but the message resonates. Absolutely. And, and what I love about what you just said is adaptive transformation. When I think about those two words, I think they are so completely relevant right now. We all want to transform from where we are now to where we want to be. Uh, and, and in order to do that, adaptation is key. Tell me a little bit about why you chose that name and, and what does it actually entail? So adaptive transformation is our framework. It is how we do our, how we run our business for our clients. It is about corporate culture. It is about aligning the people, processes, and leveraging technology. It is about using best class, best in class practices that large enterprise companies use, but bringing it to a smaller um, business size in a new and different way. 
So we work with people in project management. We work with process and performance management, internal controls and metrics, and organizational change management. Large companies spend millions of dollars running each of those things independently of each other. Mm-hmm. Smaller businesses can't do that. So with adaptive transformation, we use that in the smaller businesses across all aspects of the company so that everybody in the organization has basic skills in those areas so that they know how to plan a project, how to start work, figure out how long it's going to take and how to end it and show that it was successful. When they look at their day-to-day job, they understand how processes work so they know when they're doing something that doesn't add value and they can stop doing it and make things more efficient, which means the overall cost of operations for a business is lower, productivity is higher, and whatever the output is, if it's a product or a service, that the customers are getting it and getting value faster. So adaptive transformation is about getting those right, those people, the right people in the right seats doing the right work. The work is understood and adds value. And as the company grows and changes with organizational change management, we we speak to each employee so they understand that what's in it for me, mm-hmm. so that they are excited to be a part of going into the future rather than being very human and resisting change. Mm-hmm. They get to opt in with enthusiasm rather than you know stand in their place of fear that they don't understand what, what's going to be next for them. Right. So they're all pieces that go together and complement. And in, you know, in our client organizations, the economy of scale of blending those together helps trigger and support growth cycles. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's everything. I mean, I, I, I have a background. Uh, so, you know, fellow project managers unite. Uh, you know, I love process. I love, uh, you know, defining, you know, who's going to do what by when is, is one of my uh, strategies in my book, Mindful Performance, How to Powerfully Impact Profitability, Productivity, and Purpose, because I think the clarity on what are you supposed to be doing who's doing it, when are they doing it, and why, and what's the you know, benefit of that. That's the follow-on part of it uh, down to the customer level. Uh, that, it, I used to think that was, and I bet you find the same thing. I find it second nature to just, my brain works like that. My, bur- my brain just loves categories and compartments and, and definition and, and executing. It's like a puzzle. Anything like that is like a puzzle to me. Do you find that the same way because of your expertise in that area? Oh, absolutely. I see the puzzles everywhere. And you know, the best story isn't the business story, but it's, it's my family. Yeah. Eight years ago, I came into a relationship with a man who had two teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I don't have kids and I never wanted to have kids. And as our family grew into being you know, a family, we actually went through an adaptive transformation to make it happen. And we negotiated kind of what are our roles in the family? You know, what are the expectations of those roles? Who does what process, all right? So you know, dishes, laundry, yep. taking out the trash and negotiated kind of, you know, I, I'm not running a hotel. I, mm. We have, everybody's capable of contributing, you know, their fair share and what does that look like and what happens if somebody doesn't do their part. And we, we built a family based on the framework of adaptive transformation. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. That's part of what my book has too, is we can do these same principles that organizations utilize to streamline and to communicate better and to deliver better results at our homes as well. I mean, it's the same fundamental principles of clarity, accountability, uh, you know, communication, all those things that are really important. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that, that, that uh, when you got married, how old were your were your were your partner's children? So when our relationship began, they were 13 and 15. And when we came into a household together, they were 16 and 18. And so, right, they were trying to become independent and self-actualized little mini humans. <laughs> yes. Mini adults. Yes. And, you know, and, and, having boundaries and things that are different because yeah, it was, it was an interesting time in their life to have, you know, this curveball thrown at them, you know, this, you know, new, you know, uh, mother figure, right. Who doesn't know what she's doing, has Uh no idea what she's doing saying, yeah, we need to, we need to have expectations. We need to make commitments to each other about how we're going to show up. Uh huh. And underlying all of that was this one fundamental rule, which is don't make Lisa be an adult. Oh, okay. okay. So, right. I don't want to be the one who has to set rules and enforce them because we are all capable human beings at this stage, you know, own your own attitude, own your own perspective on what you contribute and you know, don't make me be the one that says, shame on you. You're, you know, you're, you're supposed to do this, 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 and whatever it is. Right. And so yeah, we, we created this very interesting dynamic and it's been awesome. That's so great. You've given me hope uh, because I'll tell you, I, I get a little nerve. I just got, you know, moved through that phase with my own child and uh, I'm thinking, oh boy, I don't know if I could go back into that again. That's tough being a parent. It really is. Yeah. A responsible one, one that does teach your children and, and you know, that, that accountability matters and, and to have those dialogue slash, you know, arguments sometimes that they turn into. Uh, I want to ask you some personal questions about how are you showing up now uh, for your own performances? How have they changed with COVID? And how are you showing up as powerfully and as, uh, as, as, uh, profitably as possible right now. Okay. So the pandemic definitely changed some things and for my business and how I interact with my clients, I've done a lot of work over the years remotely. Uh, I have clients in different places and, you know, sometimes that required travel and, you know, those things that go along in the consulting world, with being home-based and being self-quarantined, I realized that the travel isn't always necessary and had the opportunity to experiment with new ways of doing the work that I've done for decades using technology and Zoom calls and online tools in new and different ways to, and still build a rapport with people. Um, you know, starting each conversation out with you know, we sometimes, you know, I guess I sometimes laugh at the idea of an icebreaker at the beginning of an interaction. And sometimes they're corny and sometimes they're cheesy, 
but when you're working with people who are sitting alone in an office at, you know, or at their kitchen table mm-hmm. and they aren't used to working in a remote environment and they're learning this as we're doing it, we do have to reinvest in that banter of building relationships and making connections and sharing a personal story. Two years ago, I probably would never have talked about, you know, my family going through adaptive transformation. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it's part of who I am. And, and it all brought us here. So taking the time with interactions to build a connection in the virtual world takes effort and commitment and dedication and everybody has to play a part, their part in it. Um, it's been fascinating to see and learn things about people that in a sitting around a conference room table in an office, we never would have learned about each other. I agree. I agree. I think the same thing. It's so interesting. We we need to work so much harder to connect because we're doing it through the computer that we're actually what I'm seeing is we're doing it far more and I'm having far richer connections than I did when I met them in the, in the conference room or the bar or, you know, right. the ballroom. It's just really been amazing. Uh, and, and I love it so much. It's sort of the gift and the gunk of, of all of this. It is. And not being around a table Right. There are distractions that go along with having a working session in a conference room, sidebar conversations, whispering from ear to ear. Right. And that is just all of a sudden removed. Yeah. And so you have the ability to be so much more strategic and targeted and on point and on topic as the conversations um, happen, that you were getting more done in less time with fewer distractions. And there are those people who are, you know, are natural introverts who don't necessarily like to talk. You can engage them in this forum more comfortably because it feels kind of one-on-one. And even though there might be 20 people in the little boxes on the screen, it still feels more one-on-one. Um, and, and it's easier to get those quiet voices to, to speak up. Right. Uh, which is really nice and takes away some of the, you know, that fear of speaking in front of a group. Um, and I really enjoyed seeing that happen with some of my clients. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what are you seeing with teams as far as, uh, you know, diversity, uh, whether it's multi-generational or, uh, you know, uh, gender or anything, what are you seeing as, as we are all growing through this, this challenging time? Multi-generational teams are so powerful. And I have over the years heard leaders and probably even had the challenge early in my career about knowing how to put the pieces of the puzzle together and how to find the strengths that that come from, from different experiences. You know, our baby boomer generation is is starting to retire and will be retiring for a while, but they have so much knowledge and experience. They have seen so many things change from within the business world, within our society as a whole, that there's this depth of knowledge that 10 years ago created resistance with the millennials as the millennials hit the workforce and millennials pace, 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 pace. And they wanted to, they were going to be right. They were going to lead the way and they really didn't listen to what was going on around them. We have Gen Z hitting our workforce now and they are socially aware. 
they are things that matter to them that matter to all of us, but they bring them to the forefront. Mm-hmm. All of these different generational perspectives have so much value that it's so important that we listen and learn from each other because no one has all of the answers. And taking from the different perspectives to find the best path and the best way collaboratively Mm -hmm. creates so much richness in the outcomes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it cracks me up thinking back to the first time I had an employee who was my mom's age working for me Mm -hmm. and how terrified I was that, you know, I, I... created this vision of her as, you know, a mom figure and how she was judging me and how difficult it was to coach and lead until I finally realized that she's not coaching and she's not judging me. She's at looking to me as her leader to coach her into her next best thing. Mm -hmm. And we all just have to take those pieces and say, I know I don't have all the answers and that the brilliance is in the group outcome. And it's just time that we have, we embrace that and whether, whatever form of diversity it is. Yeah, I totally agree. And you can feel when people are genuine about that. You know, I've heard that for years and years when I was in consulting about, you know, oh, we're so much more powerful as a group than we are with one person, you know, dominating it. But if they're not backing it up with how it actually presents itself, then you actually erode the trust in, right. in the process. And you show up so real and so, uh, you know, just good spirited. And, um, and so I want to ask you, what was, if you think back in your either professional or personal life, either one, where you delivered the best performance, right? You just knocked it out of the park. You were incredible. You were on fire. You, you just were so juiced. What was that? And what was, what were the factors that got you there to make that such a great performance? Oh, so that's such a tough one. But my, my favorite, I guess, story is, and I'll go back to um, the first time I was in the role of a director I was in my early 30s and I had this team that was pulled together uh, from the land of misfit toys. (laughs) Um, They were all really wonderful people, had worked at the company for a number of years, but the roles that they were filling were no longer necessary. And the company did a really great thing in not doing like a layoff, but trying to find and create a new home. And that was a project management office. So I had these wonderful people who had no idea what project management was all about. And we had to build and create this discipline. And the, you know, the woman I spoke about earlier, who's my mother's age was 35 years into her career in this corporation. And, you know, on the verge of retirement, she was from the executive perspective, a trusted or she was a gem, right? We had to protect her. We had to take care of her. We had to make her happy and successful mm-hmm. and we could do no harm. And mm-hmm. that was a lot to be, you know, I was like, Oh my God, is she even capable of doing this job? Right. And we went through the experience of, you know, teaching, guiding, coaching, giving her, you know, a first project that was very small and self-contained. And then the next thing and the next thing. And watching her blossom into her fourth iteration of her career 
in a company that she started as a, you know, a part-time job because she wanted to buy um, a new tree for her backyard um, after her kids were born. Mm-hmm. 35 years later, she was leading the growth of that company and how they were expanding and opening up new brick and mortar facilities around um, the city of Phoenix. And uh, yeah, once I got it that I was, the, that she wasn't judging me and going, what is this kid doing trying to te- you know, tell me how to do my job? And I could you know, teach and grow. She became one of the most capable project managers I've ever worked with. Mm. And so what did you do to show up for that? What did you have I to made do internally? It yeah, I made it all about her. How mm-hmm. was she going to be successful and how did I help her learn, apply, and do the things that would, you know, that are required in being a project manager? And, you know, and how did she learn, right? I, it's not just a, all right, we need to do these next three things, right? It was, let's write down things. Let's see them, hear them, do them, and mm-hmm. go through that whole process because that's how she learned. Mm-hmm. And she was at that point in her late fifties, early sixties, let's put her, you know, right. She, it wasn't just give it to her once, see it, hear it, do it. Um, and I had to learn how to communicate and make that, that experience work for her. But once I made it all about her success, we were golden. Yeah. Well, and as soon as people know that, that you're acting from that place of, of yeah. genuinely, genuinely yeah, wanting absolutely. to have them be successful. So Lisa, as we finish, my last question to you is, what is in your toolkit right now for managing your health and wellness? Pilates. Pilates. Nice. Pilates. Um, I can't yoga. Yoga is way, yeah. So Pilates is a little bit more physical exertion than yoga, but it's still about core strength and stretch and total body. And that is what gets me through each day. And it's kind of the project manager's yoga, you know, because Pilates has a bit of a, it's got an apparatus, it's got yeah. process, it's got, you know, range of motion and this, it just feels more Gantt charty to me than It engages average. the mind in an active way rather than yoga. I can't turn it off. I can't calm it, quiet it and make that all stop. So it gives my brain something to do yeah. that's useful and with purpose. Yeah. Um, while I am taking care of my, you know, my, my body and my well-being, but it lets my mind kind of plan, you know, yes, it, exactly. it engages on a level that's meaningful. Yes. It's, 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 it's like, you know, nerd working out, which I appreciate yes. in you. Yes. That's yes. absolutely wonderful. Lisa, thank you so much. I want to just let my uh, listeners know that you can be found at uh, lcubedconsulting.com. But even more importantly, I would love for them to get a hold of your book at futureproofingcubed.com. That's futureproofingcubed.com. Lisa, thank you so much for being with me today. It was a total pleasure having you. Always great having a conversation with you, Teresa. Thank you. My pleasure. And everyone, take care, be well, and like me, I hope you make it an amazing day. Bye-bye.
Thank you for tuning in to Mindful Performance, hosted by Teresa Rose. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and share. For more information or to listen to more episodes, visit TeresaRose.com or check out the C-Suite Radio Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.